I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Caravan Podcast, a show about Pakistan's startup ecosystem where we have intimate conversations with founders and investors driven to catapult Pakistan into the digital age. We'll discuss what it's really like to start a business, the highs and the lows, the setbacks, the comebacks, the lessons everything. I'm your host, as always, Ahmad Mia, partner at Caravan, a community-driven venture capital platform. Now, given the nascent ecosystem, there's a massive spread between the talent in the country and the resources that are available to support them. Our mission at Caravan is to close that gap by providing both capital and expertise at the earliest of stages. You can find more information about Caravan at www.caravan.vc. In this episode, I sit down with Danielle Sharaf, founder of Switch, a mobile solutions company that develops products for cell phone users in low literate developing countries, enabling 17 million customers make smarter, healthier and more progressive life decisions. So without further ado, let's get straight to Danielle. So I was uh, born in Lahore, raised all over Pakistan. I'm a typical military brat. Mm-hmm. That would probably be me. So from government schools to army public schools to your grammar schools to convents, missionary schools, like I think I've been everywhere. Um, yeah. And to then say I Pakistan, to like you have the landscape down. Yeah. So, you know, you can call, you can call, totally call me that. Um, yeah, so no. And then after that, I went to uni, I did my engineering, I graduated as an electrical engineer. And this is around the time when the startup industry in Pakistan was just picking up the dot com boom had just arrived in Pakistan. And um, I decided to join Rosie.pk at that point. I think for me, from a very early stage, I knew that I don't want to necessarily pursue an MNC career or, you know, like these become part of a big organization. Uh, for To me, um, I always wanted to start something of my own. And uh, with Rosie.pk coming up at that time, I felt like this is going to be the perfect learning platform for me. So yeah, Rosie was just coming up. I think they were just two years into it. And um, I worked with them for about, I think, three and a half, four years. I ended up I joined as a business development executive, but I left as a, a business development director heading their Islamabad operations. Okay. Um, so at the time when I joined Rosie, we were only a team of about 20 people max. Okay. And by the time I left, we were a team of over 250 people. Oh, wow. So, so and then, tell me a little bit about, actually, before you continue on your journey, I, I, I'd like to pick yeah. your brain on this, actually. So Rosie, what are your like what were some learnings in that period that got you even more excited about this? Like looking I at a team growing from those to be slow to 250 and, and, and the stuff that you were doing, I'd love to kind of get those learnings. I think um, one of the things that we learned at Rosie was okay, there's a huge appetite for tech in the Pakistani 
amongst the Pakistani population. cell phones they were just coming into the market. People had like would dial up internet to offer and you know all that stuff. But they still have, especially job seekers, they had a huge appetite for tech at that point. Um, in terms of scale, initially we were wearing, everybody was wearing like multiple hats. Um, but as soon as we started scaling, um, obviously your departments went away, things organized, you know, uh, teams went away, targets went away. So uh, I think in that respect, the learning was very different, right? Right from, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a newborn baby, and then you see it grow through, through all those stages of becoming a teenager, right? So yeah, so that was like a major learning how startups evolve, how scale happens in Pakistan. What are the challenges of that scale in Pakistan? Funding was a huge issue for us initially. Um, people, so Rosie worked on a B2B2C model, right? So we were essentially bringing on corporate clients and we were telling them to look, use our platform, right? And we're going to not only give you like brand equity on it, but we're going to help you hire through it, right? Yeah. And initially, nobody used to take us seriously. I remember my task was to bring on board telcos and the development sector because this was all Islamabad-based market. Upper development sector, there were telcos, Islamabad-based market. So, and it was a huge challenge. It was a huge challenge because they were like, where are they from? We have to teach HR retention, hiring, organization development. Yeah, um, so I think in that regard, Rosie was a phenomenal experience and it really was a trendsetter. I still feel, uh, feel like Rosie was your original OG, as we say it, like the you yeah. know, original gangster, like our original <laughs> unicorn uh, in Pakistan. Yeah, so um, I worked with them for about four years, like I said, and um, right, I left because um, I wanted to do something of my own and I thought my learning at Rosie has, I mean, there's so much that I've learned here and now I need to apply it and um, go find my own way that way. Also, um, the product idea that I was working at on at the moment was um, related to mobile tech, right? Okay. My vision at that point was, you know, yeah, sure, com boom has come to Pakistan. Zameen was coming up at that point, by the way. You had like a lot of other dot-coms coming up. But I genuinely felt like mobile is going to be, it's your next big thing, right? Websites, sure, but mobile is going to be your next big thing. Um, and I wanted a piece of that. Like I wanted, I had tasted blood on this side. Now I wanted to taste blood on the other side. Um, so I guess, uh, my first product was just an SMS-based career portal, which okay. was pretty much a lot, all of my learnings at Rosie just um, then translated onto a basic smart, uh, not even a smartphone, like a basic mobile phone. Like a feature phone. Um, like a, exactly. Like Nokia Nokia Feature phones. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 3310. 3310. 3310. Yeah, exactly. 3310. So it was a, so my first product was a basic um, phone, a job portal on a basic phone where your job seekers could make a very small short profile with us and we would push them job alert from all over the world we partnered with monster.com we partnered with rosie.pk um and not only that but we would set up like a career counseling wing with it 
So I pitched this to you phone um, and oh my God, that was a struggle. Like just getting a foot in the door uh, for a meeting for a product like this. And that too, I think what, what age was I? I was probably, I was, I wasn't, I think I was 25 or something at that point. And telcos were very much, you know, a Babaji set up yeah. at that point and all right. So they would just see me and they would be like, Beta, aap galat mein aa gayi hai. <laughs> aap intern, <laughs> <intern> <laughs> So, um, yeah, it took a while. But uh, yeah, we launched it with Uphone. And uh, mashallah, 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 um, I had not anticipated this at all. Within the first six months of launch, we had about 1.2 million Pakistanis using the service. Wow. And it was phenomenal. Like there was no looking back after that. It was a simple, basic, you know, mobile phone service. Jo ek job seeker ko, ek um, employer se connect karti thi or usko educate karti thi about like, you know, employment opportunities, career counseling, all of that stuff. And after that, um, Zong wanted a piece of it. Mobile Inc. wanted a piece of it. Mobile Inc. now jazz, you know, Varad yeah. wanted a piece of it. So we launched with all operators. And um, yeah, and then product after product after product. So now, mashallah, mashallah, we have, um, we're an international company. We work in Pakistan, we work in Zimbabwe, we work in Bangladesh, we work with farmers, we work with job seekers, we work with women, we work with, uh, in the healthcare sector, all um, primarily focused towards non-smartphone users. But now we're creating quite a few products that are um, digital products for smartphone mm-hmm. users as well. So yeah, so that's what this journey has been like. It started in 2011, the Switches journey. And it started with just a simple idea of, you know, that could be translated on a basic uh, phone. And we are about 17 million users now in this wow. community. Yeah. Across all their different applications, you have handy. So across all different geographies, we do entertainment content, we do healthcare, we do, like I said, education content. We have services running in all operators in Pakistan. So are you always partnering up with telcos or someone else? Yeah, so we work on two, three different models. So we either do direct partnerships with telecom carriers or we work through another company in between. Uh, we produce our own content. We also aggregate content. We create some of our products are our own products. Some of our products are products that we've licensed from elsewhere and we're offering them to the Pakistani market. So yeah, we work with different models. So is it dif- has it ever been difficult for you to kind of get people on board and make people like to convince people of your idea? Just as about when you, when you went to Bangladesh or when you went and you created your own product and uh, getting mm-hmm. users on board mm-hmm. for that. Like you phone, you phone, like they have millions of subscribers. If you give yeah. a good USP, you're able to get those subscribers on board. Like in, when you're looking mm-hmm. at other business models, like how do you convince people of your idea and how do you like, I, I'd love to kind of hear it for your own products. How did you get the first thousand customers for instance? Let's, let's talk about Zoya. So Zoya uh, right now is, we haven't launched launch Zoya as yet. We're not promoting it. So it's actually like right about to be launched during this whole COVID thing. We rehashed it. And to be honest, that's going to be our first B2C product. Like the Switch's model has been like B2B2C. Got it. So we've always worked through mobile carriers or third party people. 
right? So for us, customer acquisition, we don't like directly acquire customers, right? So in a way you can say that our client would be Jazz, right? Got it, exactly. And then we build, we build the product for them. Um, they market it in a way, right? And we do all the customer retention, all the product management, your churn manage you know, uh, customers, what is it? Customer reporting, you know, all of that stuff. Like, what is it that customers need? So, so you're building a dashboard really, within uh, and a, a dashboard and a product within Jazz to help their cu- current clients add and add value to their current clients. Exactly. So we operate in an industry called value-added services, right? Mm-hmm. So what VAS essentially means is anything that is not your peer-to-peer SMS or peer-to-peer um, calls comes under VAS. So your ringtones come under VAS. For instance, we run a product, one of the products that we do is with Telenor, it's called Telenor Thaline, mm-hmm. right? And it's done through a third-party window. We, what that product essentially is, students and youth sign up to that product and on their cell phones, they can get exam prep material, they can get awareness stuff. They have like a live advisory where we have a panel of experts sitting, no matter, you know, if um, whatever questions they send in 24 seven, like we respond, the experts respond to them and the questions range from anything from domestic violence to mental health and you know, all of that stuff. So yeah. That's awesome. And that you're creating is, all of this backend. We're creating the product, we're creating the content around it. The, yeah. And I'd love to kind of understand with this model, what is what got you to kind of get interested in getting into BTC? Like you said, Zoya is not yet launched properly. Um, yeah, like, in what yeah. is what is making you think to want to evolve into that BTC model rather than that B two B B two B to C? I think, um, to be honest, Ahmad, um, it worked for us for a very long time, but I honestly feel like we must pivot now right? Um, The world is heading towards decentralization in a lot of ways, you know? And I think um, there are a lot of limitations that come in, especially working with telecom carriers in Pakistan. Um, Yeah. And I think dependency, Hannah, it, um, in a lot of ways, it hinders that creative process. For instance, I won't take an operator's name, but we were running a women's service and this yeah. was a couple of years back, right? It was a women's specific portal where, mm-hmm. you know, it was for the women. And um, one of the features was basically awareness about women rights, right? So we were pushing a lot of content on um, stuff like hereditary rights and all of that. And the service was actually shut down. Uh, By the area by the carrier and the reason given us given to us was okay, the customer service customer services is getting too many complaints um from men essentially that why are you sending our women like stuff like this you know wow. so, so they're like we can't get into something controversial like this yeah daniel actually like one thing out of this i'd like to understand is i mean the amount of data and 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 like first-hand experience you must get in terms of literacy and in terms of issues, uh, let's say even with women's rights, like yeah, how yeah. how do you tackle those? And like, what have what have been some of the data points that you didn't anticipate coming out of this? And what have been some of your learnings? So I'll give you an example, um, and I'll come back to the same service, the women's service that we mm-hmm. were running. 
Um, it came with an advisory service. It was an SMS advisory. Again, round the clock, panel of experts sitting. Women could send in, you know, queries. And we would see that most of the queries that women would send in were related to domestic abuse, were related to uh, home business ideas, right? Were yeah. literacy issues where they were like, "Ham itne pare likhe nahi hain, magar hume koi business ghar pe start karna hai, to ab hume batayein ki ham kaise kar sakte hain, theek hai?" Um, they would be related to you know dreams and aspirations, yeah, right? Whereas, and you know, from our for instance, we run the same um, Mashwara Corner um, series on our youth portal where both men and women, you know, girls and boys, uh, respond, um, and a lot of the male queries are related to acha wo cricket ka store score bata de ya mujhe ye bataein ke you know it's so different like mujhe ye bataein ke wo aajkal bollywood movie kaun si tez chal rahi hai you know sabse wo you know it's just so different ya mujhe ye bata de app kaun si zyada wo chal rahi hai you know aajkal kaun si hit ja rahi hai app ya mujhe ye bata de main credit load maine karana hai main kahan se you know kara sakta hu and stuff it's just so different and the idea for zoya actually came from that women service because we could see through interacting with all these women that they was like they had these like aspirations they were they some of them were ambitious but they were like you know caged birds in a way where they were like i we can't do so many things like we need to we want to do them but we don't know how to do them yeah. right and most of this stuff was related to their healthcare situation where they didn't know chote chote simple basic sawal you know ke sar mein dard ho raha hai mera husband mera shohar jo hai wo mujhe hospital nahi leke ja raha main kya karu you know simple choti choti cheez hai yeah um yeah no and you're right we are we have a huge data dump of a lot of this stuff especially for our pull and especially for through our advisory services where we are actually interacting with the end user so yeah there's been like a lot of learning and a lot of our products have actually come out of it How, how important understanding this and understanding the, the products that you're working on how important is it to have more women led businesses and for literacy in general in pakistan oh very very important like women are we are half of the population mm-hmm. you know we are half of the population mujhe ye cheez samajh mein nahi aati hai ki even corporate i must say until and unless they're selling like a shampoo or a fairness cream ya ghee ka dabba you know they don't target women like this is my grievance with a lot of telcos as well now okay i'm like why don't we see women specific products you know they talk about the gender gap all the time kini par bhai bada gender gap hai bada gender gap hai you know we need to bring in more women but actually mm. on ground none of this very little that's happening you know within the startup community i think um there's a change you can see like there are a lot of women led businesses but then again i think women in a lot of ways amad because we come from a patriarchal society so i you know life up ki ladki ko jo hai na wo ek cheez sikhai jati hai ki beta aap successful tabhi hoengi jab aapki shaadi hogi right yeah. that's how you gauge your success and everything so there's a lot of unlearning that you need to do of these women and unfortunately i feel like even within our ecosystem we don't have enough mentors like women mentors um who are doing that there's some of them who are doing like a fantastic job but we definitely need more of them because until and unless you have women who are economically empowered who are financially independent you know 
um, you're not, you're like basically ignoring 50% of your population that way. So which countries where we, you know, can grow uh, by doing, you know, by adopting a strategy like this. I completely agree. And do you see that this in Pakistan in the last, like, let's say, five, six years? Yeah, I think it's Um But there are certain fields where you naturally get Like doctors are naturally You would always find, like, you know, a lot more female doctors. People would like, you doctor, you know, you teacher. So on fields, obviously, there is already, you know, when I was in my, when I did engineering, right, um, and I took up electrical engineering, out of a class of 120 people, there were only eight girls. Wow. And out of those eight girls uh, in my class, I'm the only one who started her own business, right? Um, all of them are married and only three of them are working, including wow. me. Right? That's incredible. But that number, but that number I now, because, you know, once I go back and I speak at universities or I mentor, like, for instance, female founders, um, that number is changing. And it, there, it, progress is slow, but definitely there is progress. Like you see people like, for instance, uh, there are so many startups uh, that are now women-led. For instance, Sanya from Mustafa, you guys yeah, have invested love them. Like, yeah, yeah. Mind, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Mustafa, Sanya, they're my favorite people. Kulsum ko dekhlein, you know, Amina, your partner, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's so many others like Amne, Polly and other stories. Yeah. Uh, Sehat Kahani and there's Ferial Slaudin. Sehat Kahani, I'm, I'm a fan. I've been using it myself these days. I guess I open up the app and I use that. It's, it's great. Exactly. They're doing a phenomenal, they're doing a phenomenal job. So, yeah, I mean, the numbers are definitely on the rise. But we need to capitalize them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, Danielle, coming back to this, I'd like to kind of understand what are some challenges that you face every day being a co-founder of a company like Switch that runs these kinds of programs, that runs these kinds of uh, these products um, with this mm. many individuals and, and, and like users? Um, what are some of the pro- some, what are some of the challenges that you face as an operator every day? Ahmad, first off, um, I wish I had a co-founder because I wouldn't have so many challenges. <laughs> so my dilemma is that by choice or for whatever reason, I'm doing this on my own, right? Yeah. Um, I wish, I really wish I had a co-founder or somebody <laughs> to help me out with this. But um, yeah, I think Hamaya's great challenge is, to be honest, working in a B2B setup is uh, dealing with uncles too in a lot of ways, um, mm-hmm. they can be, I mean, huge respect to them. They've helped us scale, you know, they've taken our products to all parts of the country and everything. But at the same time, there's a lot of, of bureaucracy. There's a lot of like uh, red tapeness that comes in, yeah. right? And in terms of creativity, um, and now because I think for the past two to three years, uh, we take made an active choice of investing in products that are mission driven, nice. right? So until and unless um, a telco sees active revenue or in it, or even if they get like a hint of controversiality in it, they won't do it. Like for instance, Zoya SMS, uh, Zoya's like basic smartphone um, version uh, was not welcomed by any telecom, 
right? Even though we've been working with them for so long, because they were like, oh, no, we cannot take a talk about period mm-hmm. shaming. Oh, no, we cannot talk about like stuff like this. So I think that has been a challenge. Other than that, customer service, you know, complaint or email they'll be like, we're terminating your service because of this, this, this reason. Right. And it'll yeah. be like a chota sa masla ke customer ko jo hai wo koi baat pasand nahi aayi and uske beech mein koi aapne usko content push kar diya ya uski ringtone galat lag gayi ya you know like stuff like that. So um I mean it's constantly it's something that you for most part of your work days you're on the edge. That's very very fascinating. Um it's incredible, actually, to, like, to, to be have, to have to deal with those kinds of things on a daily basis, especially in, in this day and age, where brand wants Amal, to this stand is nothing. Up. I have so many stories, and more, a lot of them are also related to the fact that, we'll, you know, like, anyway, I have, like, quite a few stories related to being a woman in this field, then our name is you know, like, there's, like, quite a few funny stories related to all of this, and they're all part of the challenge that come with this territory, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, it's, it's interesting. Um, we will have those in, 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 in a follow-up conversation. So, eight second, one more question for you. Actually, I have, I have a couple, but like mm-hmm. one is, if you could describe the most difficult and the most rewarding period in your journey so far. I think the f- most difficult period was when we launched our first product just to get that foot in the door mm-hmm. was probably the most difficult for for um, for us because think about it this was back in 2011 so yeah startup ecosystem honestly startups i didn't even know what an incubator accelerator is i just had a product idea I approached somebody in new phone. I was like, uh, the product I'm built here, I need a meeting with you, right? It took us anywhere between three to four months to actually get that meeting. And we got that meeting. I mean, you're going to laugh at this true story. Um, we got that meeting because the guy at the other end saw that, um, thought I was a guy. They said, they thought that there was a guy Daniel Namka, Wow, wow, okay. Right? So, um, yes, that's how, um, and I think that was one of our, that has to be one of the most challenging parts of our journey. And uh, it was the same story at every new client we would go to. Uh, but once we were, we had the foot in the door, product so then it was an easy move from there. I think the most rewarding was when we started getting actual feedback from our customers customers so by customers i don't mean our clients yeah i don't mean the actual users the actual users of our services yeah yeah i think that was the time that was uh most rewarding again like i'll come back to the advisory these much corners that we were on Mm -hmm. or when we were interacting directly we were doing these atl campaigns and stuff and um dealing directly with consumers right? So, yeah. because at that point, you understood what value you were adding to their lives. They were like, okay, you have our 10 rupees a month, but we're so grateful for that. That's awesome. 
Um, Danielle, last question for you. If you could describe three of the most important lessons that you've learned in your journey so far. Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. I think first would be grit. I think first has to be like, you can't give up. Um, yeah, I think that has to be it because you need to believe in your dream um, enough to actually motivate your team mm -hmm. to, um, yeah, otherwise, you know, nobody is going to follow you uh, into it. And you can't like, especially in a country like Pakistan, Jahan Pe, at times, you know, our challenges, like I said uh, earlier on, our challenges are so unique, right? And there are so many hardships, especially, yeah. you know, being a woman, right? If you give up, then um, it's not as if fate is going to be on your side, right? This would be it. Second, I think, would be success. I think how we define success yeah. is, and that's a conversation that, it's a much larger conversation, but one thing that I've learned over these years is initially, even when I started, you know, um, I used to really get paranoid about, oh, what are our numbers? Take a revenue, you know, users, all of that stuff. Because I was measuring success according to how many users we had, how much money was coming into the company, what was the profit like, all of that stuff, right? And um, it's good for a lot of people, but it's also... For me, it didn't really work that way. For me, I think I came to a point where I realized I need to define my own success. For <laughs> me, and for me, that is like, I need to keep doing something that is fulfilling to me, right? And keep creating even a small difference that I can. And for me, that is my success. Because if I keep running after money, you know, a friend, a colleague raised like $2 million, $3 million, this, that, um, I think at the end of the day, it can be extremely um, detrimental mm -hmm. to your progress and to your growth. Like you get stuck in this vicious cycle. So I think the way that we define success, especially for young entrepreneurs who are coming into the field, it's very, very important to open up this conversation with them, um, how to define success. Third, um, I would say that I learned is um, relationships. Um, don't, you know, success is something that is very transitory for me. Aapka ek product successful ho gaya, hai. Do ek venture aapka successful ho gaya, hai. trajectory But the relationships or the journey you make across the way is what matters more, right? So the, so especially relationships with your advisors, your mentors, the team that you have, you're only yeah. going to be as good as your team, right? Yeah, the um, community you that you're building. Everything with, exactly, the community that you're building. You can't do everything on your own. Um, so that, entire, that, that whole theme, those relationships, especially with, like I said, advisors, mentors, your well-wishers, it's extremely important that you take them along on your journey. So I think these are, these would be three things. And um, yeah, I think those, that would pretty much be it. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have any comments, your feedback, please do send them my way. My direct email address is amad at caravan.vc. Or if you 
اور انفارمیشن حاصل کر سکتے ہیں آن آر ویب سائٹ وچ از ڈبلو 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 ڈاٹ کیروان ڈاٹ وی سی اور آن انسٹاگرام آر ہینڈل از ایٹ کیروان ڈاٹ وی سی انٹل نیکسٹ ٹائم خدا حافظ Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 